0: Welcome to the Cambridge Judge Business School Podcast Centre.
1: Richard Barker, a former director of the Cambridge Judge Business School MBA programme, has triggered a lively web discussion centred on business schools and professionalism, with his assertion in the Harvard Business Review that management is not a profession. Dr Barker says he's not really surprised at the reaction because there's what he calls an easy assumption that management is a profession and that business schools are therefore professional schools. However, when the issue is raised, it prompts people to question what they've taken for granted but have never articulated the opposite. The web correspondence is extensive, quoting Einstein and even dropping in the name of Tiger Woods, but Dr Barker is unmoved. Management is not a profession
0: and can never be one. Profession requires a definable body of knowledge that you can train somebody in and then certify them at the end of their training. Uh, Management is not like that. It also requires there to be a a professional body with monopoly control over the membership. So you have to join the professional body to be enabled to practice and the professional body has a code of conduct and ethics and so on and can exclude you from practice. Management is not like that. There, There is no equivalent professional body and there can never be one because the nature of management is that it's not a narrowly defined body of knowledge. So what drew you into this path, this chain of thought in the first place? You've run the MBA course here. It was in part that experience. It was also in part because business schools have increasingly in, in recent years been, been talking up professionalism, in part as a response to the credit crisis and, and criticism of business schools at that time. The, the idea is that business schools have an obligation to society to be more like law schools and medical schools and other professional schools and they should they should think act and and behave accordingly so a professional if you think about a medical school you come in to the school with no previous experience you are taught an established body of knowledge uh, at the end of which you are uh, you're certified you're you're tested um, and if you pass your exams then you are authorized to practice in some sense. there's a bit more to it than that but that's the essence of it is you learn a set of skills and you're certified in those skills and off you go and you become a medic a business school is not like that you come in with experience for one thing and what you do is you extend your experience you share your experience and you conceptualize your experience whilst you're in the school and then you go out and you carry on learning and there isn't a definable body of knowledge that constitutes the skills of management and neither is there a professional body which can exclude you from management, and neither should neither should there be.
1: So, what you really appear to be saying is that there can never be a management profession.
0: In principle, that can't. You know, you could imagine uh, society reasonably being being outraged if someone conducted surgery and they hadn't been qualified as a as a surgeon. Um, you couldn't imagine someone being outraged at someone running a business who hadn't got an MBA. That's just not the way it works. You talk in your paper about an asymmetry of knowledge.
1: Now, what exactly do you mean by that?
0: Well, with a, when you work with a professional, a lawyer or a medic, they have a knowledge of the law and the medicine, uh, and medicine that you do not have. You can't, and neither is it obvious, even after you receive their advice, whether the quality of their advice is high or low, you're just, you just not sufficiently qualified yourself to judge it. So they always have more information than you have. They always have more knowledge than you have. And you have to rely upon them. You have, you have to trust their judgment ultimately. And the way society gets around that problem is that it, it regulates the profession. It creates a professional body, um, and the profession controls membership. So someone who is certified by the body is somebody that... You're enabled to trust essentially.
1: If medicine and law and other professions, for that matter, can come up with a code of conduct, a professional qualification, why can't management?
0: Management could come up with a code of conduct, and the problem is it couldn't enforce it, so it's not particularly meaningful. If you're a professional body and you control membership, then you can exclude people from membership, um, and there is that, that ethos of you belong or you don't belong in some sense, and, and, and you conform to. The, um, the, the standards and the norms of the profession in the interests of society. You ask whether a
1: consensus can be reached on the body of knowledge that qualifies somebody to be a manager. Right.
0: So there's a subtle difference between consensus on what goes into an MBA program. So it will teach a bit of finance, a bit of marketing, a bit of strategy and so on. That's relatively easy to achieve. But it's not possible to achieve consensus on what qualifies somebody to be a manager. So those, those are all useful skills um, for management, but they're not a certification to manage.
1: Looking at uh, business education, you make you make three points, really. It comprises three stages, admission, a taught programme,
0: and then evaluation at the end of it. Those three stages are common to any programme, but in each of those three stages, business education differs from professional education. So in admissions, if you're a professional body, you're looking for the the brightest individuals who will acquire the the skills of the profession most effectively and, and, and so on. It's relatively straightforward. With a business school, you're also looking for the best group of people. So you're looking for a combination of experiences, skills, outlooks and so on that will make up an engaging class because... In a business school environment, you learn from other people in the program. Um, you're learning about yourself. You're learning about others. You're sharing your experiences. You're conceptualising your experiences. Just taking
1: the point that you make there, you talk about the uh, the program itself. Uh, I know that you've got um, research carried out on 600 MBA alumni of of Cambridge University, yeah. and. It's rated in different ways. The alumni valued the learning environment above the uh, curriculum itself. They ranked learning that took place outside the business school classroom and more broadly in the university as most useful. Then came uh, company-based consulting projects, which are not part of that taught curriculum. That that taught you a lot, I think, didn't it?
0: It's easy to equate teaching with learning, uh, that something is taught and it's learned. But learning is altogether broader than teaching. If you think about most of the things you've learned in your life, you weren't formally taught them. And what business schools are particularly good at is providing a learning environment, is providing an environment in which people absorb a lot more information, knowledge, experience than they could get from a textbook.
1: Cynically, I could say that you're, you're questioning the whole ethos or even future of business schools.
0: Yes, you could. And, and, and it's, it's, it's probably quite important that you mention that because I'm fundamentally not. What I'm saying is that business schools are wonderful incubators for business leaders. They are fabulous learning environments and the, the the critical thing is for business schools to recognise that. So if business schools see themselves as professional schools delivering technical training, well, they're not much better than, than um, teaching online. I think that there is a role for online learning, and and it can usefully contribute to a part of business education, but the learning experience that you get from being in a place like this and being surrounded by the people who are in this environment it's precisely that you have to be here. You have to be amongst those people and you have to be absorbing information and learning from them. How would you like to see uh,
1: the business schools developed? How would you like to th- this, this whole concept of management to be
0: developed? The, the core strength of the business school in a, in a business education context is that it is a learning environment, that it's a, it's a f- superb incubator for uh, leadership and management skills. And the first step is to recognize that that's the nature of it that it's not a professional school offering a a, a technical training. Once you recognise that's what it's about and that the school is not just here to teach, it's here to enable people to learn, then you have tremendous developments in pedagogy that can result from that. And there's lots of examples of this, actually, in different, different schools doing... doing bits and pieces here and there. So that is emerging, but perhaps not emerging as as explicitly as as it could be. And at the same time, there is this trend towards making business schools more more narrower. The risk is that the, as it were, the paradigm of a professional school forces a business school into a route which doesn't take advantage of the real core strength. It's a place where we do more than just teach. It's a place where we enable people to learn. And that's an altogether more powerful concept.
1: Taking part in this podcast has been Dr Richard Barker of the Cambridge Judge Business School, University Senior Lecturer in Accounting, and Fellow of Wolfson College.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School.